0: Parents and Guardians, it's time once again for the Fearless Parenting Show. Well, welcome, welcome, Parents and Guardians. Today we have with us as a special guest, Julia Vaughn. Julia is also the Executive Director with the John Maxwell team. and She's been married to the love of her life, David, for 10 years. They have a blended family with the youngest Biggest boy and the oldest biggest boy and five girls in between. Here, well, welcome. I'm glad to have you here today. I know that uh, our parents and particularly our moms are going to get a whole lot out of this. So i will go to hush and allow you to have the floor.
1: All right. Well, my name is Julia, and the first word that I'm really going to talk about is hopeful. And there are several things that I personally think of when I hear the word hopeful. You know, we as moms have hope for our children. We hope they will grow and develop into all they were created to be, to do, and to have. Mm. We hope they dance through life with ease. Now we know that probably won't happen. All too true. But it just means we really hope it does um we hope they'll find and marry the right person
0: the person that that. we
1: want for them (laughs) (laughs) i mean let's be honest and i have to say i'm guilty of that one even though my daughter actually married a really good guy and it's not necessarily who i would or wouldn't pick for her but um I guess it isn't exactly who I would have actually chosen, but I don't know who I would have chosen, so we'll go with that. You know, and it's our hope for our children. We want them to have the dream job, the dream car, the dream home.
0: Best of the best.
1: The best of everything. Um, and, may- and maybe that's because we didn't get it. We want them to have better than what we actually got. But at some point in this whole scheme of them growing up, we have to ask, are we putting our expectations on them? Or do they really, really, or do we really, really hope that they are happy in what they call happy?
0: Hmm. So instead of just lumping upon them our expectations, you're talking about hope from the vantage point of giving them a hope rather than hoping that you get, that they get what you want them to get.
1: Yes. And, um, you know, I actually took some time to look up the word hope in the dictionary. And it said that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now, I believe hope in the proper context can be good, but it can also believe that it can be devastating for both the parents and the child if done wrong.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: First, the parent raises the child from infancy and in most cases wants the best for their child. But is what they believe to the best really the best, right?
0: Might be the best for them, but not necessarily for that child, that teen, that young man or young lady.
1: You know, are we asking them to give up in their dreams and their desires and their goals that they have for themselves? Possibly, you know, this can cause resentment and extreme anxiety, even from a very young age. I know myself as a certified brain health coach, I can tell you that would be extremely dangerous for a growing brain and our brains actually grow until we're 25 years of age. You know, then there are the parents who have hoped and wished for a child and that child is born with some kind of abnormality or disease. At some point, this parent usually goes through some kind of grief. Wondering what they could have done differently.
0: What they should have, could have, would have. I get it, I get it.
1: And my answer to those parents is absolutely nothing. Because Mm. I believe in God. And God wanted that child here on this earth. And entrusted that particular couple to be the parents while they were here.
0: I'm loving it, I'm loving it. That's great. Because that's so true. All that unnecessary guilt that... That moms and dads out there feel, but you know, if God gave you that child, you know what does Dr. Deborah tell us? Dr. Deborah Tilman, uh is in charge of Maxwell Family and Parity uh, Program, but she always tells us that God gave you that child for a reason.
1: So, and I would challenge them to look for ways that they can help others that may be on that same journey with
0: them. Hmm. Strength in that's numbers. where the
1: gift of hope really shines
0: oh yeah I can see that give it hope to each other yes ma'am
1: you know and I'd also like to offer hope to the parent that believes they have messed up and messed up maybe so bad that they don't feel any hope anymore because there's always hope
0: Yes. Not you too see late. your
1: children have an inner desire to be with us To love us no matter what, just like we do them. Yes. There may be hurts that have to be overcome, but it's always well worth it. To never give up trying and to never give up hope.
0: Push forward. Always pushing forward. Praying to God, trusting in Him, and pushing forward in the knowledge that He has control over all of it. Love it. Love it. it.
1: And then my second area is heart-to-heart. Okay. And when I hear the term heart-to-heart, I think of the word love. Mm. Loving our children on purpose.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: Taking the time to make a real heart connection with them.
0: Mm. Putting that make love into a- action love it
1: absolutely making a purposeful date night with each child at least monthly this may not be possible if you know one of the parents travel a bunch or if you have a big family but take the time for each child that's so important
0: yes it is
1: it's time the child gets to feel heard and special if only for a very short time and sometimes there's are those heart-to-heart conversations that we'd like to avoid having with our children. Such as, what do we say when someone close to us dies? Mm. Problem is, we're normally hurting, too. But that doesn't mean we can downplay the importance of being a parent at that
0: time. Because you got to model it for your, for your babies. I mean, you know, they... they- if they've never dealt with grief before, this is the first time. This is a time for modeling to them. You say, yes, I'm sad, but life moves on. And it, this is tough, but we will persevere through this. It's good for, for kids to be able to hear that from mom and, and to hear that from dad, speak that from their hearts.
1: Yeah, because typically they need us more during that time than we may even think. Mm-hmm. They need the comfort. They need to see us laugh. Yes. They need to see us cry. They need Definitely. to see us remember. Mm-hmm. This is how they'll learn to deal with grief. And if we bottle it, they're going to learn to deal with grief by thinking that they have to bottle it.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I, I have to pause you right there. What an outstanding point! <laughs> if you model bottling stuff up, if bottle bottling hurt you, you model bottling up pain. You model bottle bottling up anger. There's so many things that we role model to our kids about bottling up, and then we wonder why they do it. Oh, I love it. Go ahead, I love it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I was both fortunate and unfortunate to never really have to deal with grief for the first 19 years of my life. And when it did happen, I had no idea how to handle it on a personal level. You know, I hear mom say, I just don't connect with my son or daughter. And unfortunately, we want them to be just like us so we can communicate better but sometimes that just simply is not the case this is why I believe the DISC behavior profile which I am a part of that the John Maxwell team is so important with families it helps us to embrace and understand our differences so that we can not only communicate better but we can celebrate the uniqueness of ourselves and of our children Mm. there's a level of vulnerability when we're talking about heart to heart when we have a heart to heart conversation with anyone but especially a child it's when we share our truest self with the child
0: wow okay
1: letting them yes
0: opening up yourself let them look inside love it go ahead
1: Letting them witness a touch of our souls, which helps the child to develop real trust Mm -hmm. and real feelings. So let me touch a second on feelings.
0: All right, go ahead.
1: It is great to have and express our feelings, and I believe the best way is through heart-to-heart conversations. When we tell our children to hold feelings in, it can damage the child, causing pain for everyone around for years to come. It's okay to cry. Let me say that again. It's okay to cry and should be welcomed in our homes as much as singing happy birthday. They're both feelings.
0: Absolutely.
1: And there are a few things to remember when having a heart-to-heart conversation. Make sure there's a definite purpose. And a goal for the talk. Don't just ramble. Make sure your tone is loving and not harsh. Be the example. Even if it's a tough or passionate conversation, tone is oh so important.
0: Uh, too true, too true.
1: And lastly, but definitely not least, Make sure your child feels heard. Feeling heard does not mean that you agree with everything or even anything they say. It just validates their feelings. Children are just adults in the making (laughs) and truly seek to be understood during our heart-to-heart meetings.
0: I love it. They are. They're growing into adults you know, I work with uh, kids from kindergarten through uh, 12th grade in the Royal Ranger ministry. And uh, <clears throat> until recently here, I was working with a group of third through fifth graders on Wednesday nights. And I got a couple of leaders in now that I've trained and they do a fantastic job with it. But what I learned is when I looked at them and I said, you know what? at third to fifth graders, you're closer to being a man than you are a boy. So I'm gonna start treating you like men. I'm gonna start getting you ready to be men. It watch the change over their faces. Watch their little chest stick out. And then, you know, and I ask them questions all Wednesday night. So, say, hey, is that a, is that what a real man would do? You know, if I catch one, maybe taking something from another one or. Or telling a story or another one. Hey, is that something a real man would do? A, a godly man, is that what they would do? Uh, no, 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 Commander Stan. That, that, that's not what we would do. Okay, well, be a man. Do the right thing. And say, so I'm talking to you like a man. Because you're closer to being what than you are a baby. And they hear you. They know that. You're talking to them with respect, and, and uh, you you want the best for them. And even though I'm correcting them, I'm affirming them at the same time. Uh, I, I love what you had to say to these uh, parents here, particularly about the bottling up. Parents, if you don't get anything out of this talk except that right there, she, she dropped some gold on y'all. We can model many different things, but don't model to your children how to bottle things up. <laughs> uh, th- I just have to really, really harp on that because that was so, so good. Love- well, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you, parents and guardians, for taking the time to join us this evening. And I want to remind you, please go check out my new book, Fearless Parenting, again, you can find that at parentsbefearless.com. That's parents, with an S, befearless.com. Until next time, go forth and fearlessly parent.